This is a Project Sisterhood podcast, a podcast for all things women. We talk women's empowerment, leadership, and influence. From lighthearted and laughable to honest, deep matters of the heart, your soul will be encouraged. We hope you and all women of every age and every stage find life and freedom today. Good morning, ladies. Come on, give it up for now. It is now time with Natalie. Let's go. Okay, sorry. You know, she and I were in the back and we're like, let's go. And we're kind of like, we're ready. All right, but first. Wide awake. But first, I'm wide awake. Okay, what? You know, oh. Oh, my God. Y'all, how many people here, I'm not going to, I just need an answer first. How many people here feel like God has given them a new identity? Are you raising your hand because you want the sweatshirt or because that actually happened? Let's go. Okay. Hey, well, we're so excited to have a guest here, but we also love giveaways. And so if somebody here can tell me how many shots of espresso they had, um, that's not a good one. I didn't really think this through. Um, <laughs> my team's like, I know, Chrissy, put it in the notes, Chrissy, if you know what you're doing. Okay. Um, so how many people woke up at six o'clock this morning to be here? Five, five o'clock. You got to be honest. 448. 448. There you go, Mama. Shelby's mom. There you go. That was a good. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, that took a little bit more time than I needed to. And so let's get down to the meat of it. Look at these director's chairs. I feel so. Natalie. Natalie, you guys. Chrissy. um, Natalie. (laughs) Chrissy. We are. We're wide awake. She had a couple coffees. I had a lot of tea. Yes. So you should have gotten your own sweatshirt. But hey, I'm so excited for you guys to hear um, from Natalie Manuel Lee. And this is a really um, significant time for our church and for us to be hearing from somebody who um, handles influence well and stewards it well. Because how many people know that everything that we've been given has been given to us from their father, our father, correct? And so we have to remember to steward that well. And, you know, we have these fun events. We, um, we love empowering women and women get platforms and women are finding their voice. But we have to also make sure that we're leveled out and we're on our faces before the Lord, prostrate before him and saying, you do with the influence you've given me, what you want to do in your timing. And what I've seen, and as long as I've known her, I've seen her just do that so gracefully. Um, actually, I feel like we, our friendship was built on women's events. The f- Always. <laughs> we, we were at a lot of women's events together with our moms. Yes. And so I want to tell everything amazing about who you are. And I know we're talking about identity and purpose this morning because that's what your show is about. But I don't want... Um, to go into it without giving them context. So I'm going to ask you to tell me who you are and what you do, although that does not define you, right? (laughs) We'll get into it later. But I need everyone here to have some context about who you are and what you're doing. Tell us a little bit more about you. So who I am, Natalie Manuel Lee. I am the daughter of Renette Manuel and Jerry Manuel. Um, I'm a child of God, so that's who I am, first and foremost. What do I do? Um, I have a TV show, that the trailer, um, that they just played called Now with Natalie. It's on the Hillsong channel. Um, and it's about identity and purpose. Um, so for me, do you want me to go into the show? Okay. Um, 
A couple years ago, God transitioned me out of my job. I was working with my brother at Fear of God, helping him build his brand. And in that transition, I was jobless. And it was a really, really, we're just going to go there. It was a really tough time for me. I went into a deep, deep depression. Um, But in that depression, I was asking the father, what is the catalyst for this depression? Because everything around me felt okay, but for some reason, I didn't feel good inside. And I had a really, really rude awakening, but a beautiful awakening. He said, the reality is, is that you're putting your identity and your worth and your value and your job title and not in me. He said, you don't belong to your job. You belong to me. And I need you to understand who you are. So woke up. I was like, okay, so this is what's going on. So he was saying that I was so concerned about the doing in my life that I wasn't so too concerned about the being and just being in him. And that's tough. And that's really, really difficult because I'm very wired to, you know, be this go-getter, but I think that we can get lost in it when we're trying to fill this void in our life. So in that transition and having that awakening of my identity and my purpose, I was like, oh my gosh, we all really struggle with this, especially people in culture and our generation and what we look for and what we feel to make us feel valuable and worth. And so that's where um, a part of the idea came from of having a TV show to talk to these influencers, these culture influencers about, you know, not only their walk, but their identity. Because I think that a lot of us glorify these people as opposed to the purpose of the, of the platform and the position that they carry. Um, so that's kind of where the show came from. And again... Miles Monroe, one of the best theologians, said that if you see a problem and you can be the solution, that's a part of your purpose. So for me, I wanted to be a part of the solution to help our generation and our culture and just our world to have an awakening of what true identity and purpose is. It's not these things. Um, And for me, I realized for so long that I put my identity and value in the clothes that I wear, the, the car that I drive, the money that I have, and all these accolades. And don't get me wrong, God wants us to have an abundance life, but it becomes dangerous when we allow it to define us. So for me, it was just, again, a really rude awakening, but I got it. And I still struggle with it every day, day in and day out. And that's the whole point and the power of trading your thoughts every morning, renewing your mind every morning and understanding what that is. So that's a little bit about me. That's a little (laughs) bit about her. Sorry. Wow. Don't be sorry. That was good. I'm like dropping the mic, you know, in my brain, like multiple times. Um, well, tell us a little bit about your family because I, for you particularly, I can see it being very difficult to overcome identifying yourself with family, with people, and not with what God sees you as first, your daughter, his daughter. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your family. Again, I think that'll just give people more context. context sure. So I come from a very, in the world's eyes, successful uh, family, but everybody is successful when we stay in God's will. So that's FYI. Um, but to the world's eye, um, my family is a successful family. My father, um, being Jerry Manuel, he was a professional baseball player as well as a coach and a manager. My mom being the, the beautiful and wonderful powerhouse evangelist that she is. And then my sister, right? Come on. Uh, my sister is a fitness evangelist. Uh, my Jerry is, uh, my other brother, Jerry, Jerry Lorenzo is the founder of Fear of God. And Anthony is changing lives here in Sacramento. So again, from the world, we are successful, um, but, you know, to me, much is given, much is required, and we have a responsibility, and what that responsibility is, is that we understand that the people that are following us, that we need to lead them to Christ, so 
That, I, I think that's beautiful. I get to the point where um, I've been challenged that when I introduce people to one another, I love connecting people, and I, I think I was doing in the lobby all morning. I'm like, you need to meet so-and-so, and so-and-so needs to meet you. And I'm wanting to get to the point where I can do what you did. You just said, yeah, this is who they are, blah, 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 blah. But this is our purpose, yeah. and it's to know and bring people to Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so I think we need to, we can learn from even the way you breeze through that. Like, this is what I do, and this is some of my, um, you know, labels and titles. But let me lean in on this part that my call is to lead you to Jesus. You know, maybe you're not yeah. going to say that exactly. But I think that's a good challenge for us. And so how, what was it like before you found this, um, this show coming to you? Can you tell us a little bit more about that season of your life when you were in a little bit more of a depression? I think we were at a women's conference together, oh, and yes. we talked a little bit um, then. So tell me how you kind of got out of that depression. Whew. Well, there's two seasons of depression. It was it was really really challenging. But when we met or when we were hanging out, I think it was at Buffalo Conference, right? Um, but again, I, it, it's a, it's a daily choice. I had to understand that I was wanting to do all these things. And my friend, I don't know if she's here, Lashawn, she would always say, "You're such a busybody. You're always doing something. Just sit down." And a part of that is true. And the other part was realizing I was doing so much to feel this external wind. We have this internal longing and we allow the external wind to try to fill that void internally in us. And it's the complete opposite. We're not going to be able to, I always say that we don't perform from, or we don't perform for identity. We perform from it. So what does that mean? We perform from knowing who we are in Christ. We know that we are accepted in him. We know that we are redeemed. We know that we're more than conquerors. We know that we're free from condemnation. We know that we're free from sin. Like it says in Romans that we are no longer slaves of our sin, a.k.a. shame. But I was twirling through all of that, through my depression, not feeling accepted, not feeling whole, not feeling complete, not feeling like I was enough. And so with that, I was doing so many things to try to fill this void and all reality. He goes, no, no, no. You just need to be in me. And I, you need to know who I am in order for you to do the call in your life. So I had that rude awakening twice of like, okay, this is what it is. And I think too, a lot of us have to realize as Christians, we know all these things, but the reality is when we're asleep, we're asleep. And I feel like I was dead, but now I'm alive. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. So there was a really great question that was asked in our question and answer time with our fashion ambassadors earlier. And I, I'd like to bring that to light because um, we know what you do on the outside, but um, personally you have a husband mm -hmm. and you're married. Tell us more about your relationship with your husband, how that even plays to this story. Sure. Uh, my husband, Brian Randalee, best thing that's ever happened to me. He's been my best friend since I was 14. He dated his people. I dated mine. Uh, but he knew in high school, and so did my mom, that he was going to be my husband. I had no idea. You know the guys that are like, you know that they're cool in, in high school and all the girls liked him? I was like, I'm not going to like you because everybody else likes you. Yeah, yeah. So that's really what it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> But he moved to L.A., and um, from then, you know, spiritually, I feel like God gave me a new lens to see him. And I saw him romantically, but I also saw him, you know, the call in his life and the, and the man of God that he was. So we are, we've been married for three and a half years. But with that, the question that was asked um, was basically how do you 
being a leader and being a strong A-type woman as well as having a powerhouse of a husband and a leader as well, how do you deal with that? And for me, my biggest thing is, and I'm still learning, is submission and understanding the power of submission. I think a lot of us think that submitting is a weakness. It's the biggest strength that you can have. And understanding, Scripture says, obviously, submit to your husbands, but realizing I had to have the another rude awakening of when I was submitting to him, I'm not just submitting to Brian. I'm submitting to God. I'm submitting to the Scripture. So in our reality, I was realizing that I, for so long, was outside of God's will in our marriage because I wasn't submitting to him the way I should su- submit. And I always say that a lot of times that we go, we can go outside of God's will to get what we want. And the dangerous thing is to, to keep what we want, we stay out of his will. And that's very dangerous. So for me, I just, again, it's a daily choice to understand really what true submission is. And I think, you know, for women in here and leaders and A-type leadership that you do have, the more submission that you have, the more strength you have and the more power that you have. And it's honorable. That is good. And I think that is, that kind of ties in with last night when Caleb was speaking to um, the relationship men and women have, not just husbands and wives, but um, we need to be submitted to one another. Um, In submission, we're taking on the um, example of Jesus, Mm -hmm. man or woman, man submitting to their, husbands submitting to their um, wives as Christ submitted to the church, you know, or submitted to God by coming down here, you know? So I just think that we have the opportunity to be more like Jesus, male or female. So this is, again, a reminder, if this is your first time here and, or you didn't come here last night, we are about women's empowerment, but we are not a, about empowering women to the detriment of men. Um, we do this together. And um, we are called to get back to the ways of the garden where God called us to rule and reign together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really important. And it's, I think it's empowering for us to see women like you who are leading strong and leading well, yet still being submitted. Yeah. Um, and, well, leadership is truly submission. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me a little bit more about <laughs> – I'm just going to switch gears on you. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit more about what, um, what, what belonging means to you in relationship to your identity and purpose. And Sure. I always say, and I'm, if you guys follow me on Instagram, it's like one of my favorite quotes, is that you don't have to earn your identity you get to just experience it. And when you realize what that is, you're so free. You're so free in him because you don't have to earn or feel like you have to belong to the culture. You don't have to earn feeling like you're accepted, you're redeemed. You already are that. So you don't have to perform in order to feel something. You already are it. So when you realize that you belong to him, there's no type of performance or striving, if you will. Um, and understanding that we belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We don't belong to the culture. And, you know, a lot of times we think that the, the culture and the world is, is allowed and has the ability to put labels on us. The only person and the only thing that can put labels on you is the one that created you. And so a lot of times throughout our lives, we pick up these labels, we pick up these certain things that we think that are us, a.k.a. shame, or this or, or that, or blah, 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 blah. But, and, and again, we're not picking up the 
titles and things that we should be that because who we belong to. And that's where we get lost. That's where we get lost in translation is that, again, we think that what we do is who we are. We feel like we have to do this in order to feel redeemed, accepted, whole, anointed, opposed, you know, chosen, and all those things. So I think realizing that you belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and since you belong to him, you have access to all these other things. You don't have access, you know, to the culture if you feel like you belong to the culture because they'll switch on you like that. The world will switch on you like that. But God has never left you, never forsaken you. So when you know that you belong to him, you can chill. That's you. When you know that you can belong to him, you can chill. Somebody chill. Insta story that. You can relax because I was not <laughs> relaxing. I was up in the middle of the night, but you know, in all reality, I was up in the middle of the night having panic attacks, having anxiety attacks, feeling like I needed to fill my calendar with all these things to feel like I was worthy of something because I was busy. That's not it. That is, that is li- the lies of the enemy. And he, was, he simply was saying, just be in me. If you understand the power of just being in him, you will then be able to fulfill the call on your life. If you don't know who you are, if you don't know where you're from, you'll never know why you're here. So if you know who you are in Christ and if you know that you belong to him, then you'll understand why you're here. You'll understand why, you know, your purpose and all those things. So you have to just continue to connect back to him. But if we don't have our DNA, we don't know our DNA, we're not going to know how to walk the way that we need to walk. We're not going to have the power and the God confidence that we need in order to fulfill the call in our life because we don't know if we don't know that we are more than enough, if we don't know that we are more than conquerors. He says... Act like how I, I think about you. Act like how I think about you. Yeah. So if you know that I, I know that you are accepted, if you know that I know that you're more than enough, act like it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so good. That's so good. So tell me the, how church and how belonging to church kind of plays into this. Because I think that there's a lot of Christians out there who don't really truly belong to something. And so it's harder for whatever reason, well, it's because of all the voices and the chaos around them, where they, they, can, they know that there's a God in heaven and they believe in him, but there's no body of believers that are, you know, encouraging them. So how did that you know, church and belonging, how did that play into you and what you're doing right now? Um, a lot of people are like, well, since you go to Hillsong Church, of course you have a show on Hillsong Channel. That's not what it is. The reality is, is wherever you are, you can fill your pur- fulfill your purpose anywhere, but, but you need to be, like scripture says, you need to be planted into the house so that you can flourish. If you are not planted, you can't flourish. So, I want to say a couple years prior to launching the show, I was twirling. I was wrestling. My husband and I, Brian, um, we were trying to figure out where we where we belonged, what church we belonged to. And it's definitely a you know a tug and pull. You you have he has his own certain style that he likes. I have my own style that I like. But we both knew that we needed to go wherever the Father led us to go. And obviously it was Hillsong. But with being, hey, but with being planted, um, you have the proper covering over you. So understanding why it says in scripture, when you're planted, you will flourish. You have the proper covering. So when we were planted, 
I mean, we definitely had a lot of seeds that we planted, you know, in the house and just, you know, between us as well as, you know, being a married couple. But we flourished and we're flourishing. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. It's it's a really, really, really long, big process, but it's worth it. But it's a process. But again, that's why you have to be planted into the house so that you can have the proper covering. But what was really, really key was our community at church. We have to realize that we're not we are not designed to be isolated. We're not designed to have no connection. We need connection in order to survive. Um, so for us, we had, you know, godly couples around us, godly wisdom, and just friends that didn't tell you, oh, I like this or like that. They, they definitely told me about myself and, you know, it's a struggle, but you need that in order to grow. And so, again, you do, everybody, you know, if I encourage you, if you don't have a church home, pray and ask the Father to direct your, you know, direct your feet. He directs the steps of, of a righteous man. Your righteous man's steps are ordered. So see where you need to be planted. Get involved. And I think that we also need to realize that the biggest thing is that we need to build our church. We think that we need to build other people's kingdoms and we at our first call in life is to build God's kingdom and his church so that's good well I think you're kind of hitting on like community and being real and and getting involved because that's when you're actually seen so I think when people think about LA or New York or these big cities you think like everyone's fake there and you know some people will say they don't want to go there because of the fakeness and how how do people make it in the industry that you're in um and with the people that you're walking around when everyone's so fake and not vulnerable so tell me has that been a challenge and how do you encourage people to pursue vulnerability and all that sorry has what been a challenge people just the the industry and how some people assume that in LA everything's fake and you know is it is yeah, it not sure I'm from Sacramento <laughs> some of it is some of it's not but that's everywhere right yeah. it's not just LA um, and that's not just because I live there and I'm infiltrated in that world um, but we have to meet people where they are we're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. So if we feel like we can't go and meet someone because they're fake or they're not maybe they don't meet our standards, if you will. That's the call. That's the responsibility that we have to have. So being in LA, yeah, I could meet with a homeless person or I could meet with someone that might be the most famous person in the world. But in all reality, my mom said it earlier, there's no celebrity in the eyes of Christ. There's no celebrity, period. So again, I think with that question, the fakeness, meet them where they are. And, you know, pour into them where you feel like that there needs to be poured into. Because we're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah, more I, th- more we dialogue, it's like there's fake people everywhere. Because everywhere. there's hurts and wounds everywhere. Yeah. Why else are people like trying to hide behind a facade? And so I love that you hit it on the head. Like we're called to bring those people into belonging yeah. to this, their Savior yeah. and to the family of God. And that's the purpose of the show is to understand, again, you know, and some people are like, well, why do you have known people on your show? It's because it's not what you think. It's because, again, we as a generation, we have the propensity to really glorify these people as opposed to the purpose of the position that they have. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that we need to have and understand that awakening of 
this is what it is. And the people that, you know, Haley has following her from a Kelly Rowland to a Tyson to Jerry, they're leading people. So I want to give them an opportunity to lead them to Christ because that's their story. So it's not because, oh, I'm going to get the most famous person. No, I know how many people are following them. And so once they hear their story, I know that then again, they will turn to him. That's good. That's so good. And honestly, that's, if you haven't been coming to our church or if you're visiting, um, that really is the vision for sisterhood here at Project Church. Like we feel called um, as women, and I think this should be all women's calling, to come together, be united. And the image I've always gotten that the Lord has given us is to be arm in arm. And then we kind of bow at his feet. We're prostrate before him. Our hearts postured in such humility that the sisterhood becomes the platform upon which some of these people can stand on and, and scream the name of Jesus even louder. And we're called to edify, edify, build your sister up, edify and build (laughs) one another up. Um, And I think that's really the true purpose of sisterhood to make the name of Jesus more famous and to be the platform that other women can stand on. Um, And so how has sisterhood played into um, your purpose and your identity? Huge role. I don't don't know where I would be without my community. Um, We all need each other. We have, you know, a proclivity to really want to compare and compete ourselves with one another and, and really maybe jealousy or hatred may come in because she has a bag that you like or she has a shoe that you like that you don't have. You just have, you know, a lot of petty things, but we need each other. We need to, you know, build and lift each other up. And a question, again, that was asked earlier is, you know, well, what if these people don't, you know, if you, if you feel maybe someone that doesn't really like you or you know that has either talked about you or maybe has some jealousy or whatever towards you, you're called to pour into them. Yeah. You're called to extend compassion. You're called to extend empathy and understand that, hey, by the way, you were there too. Mm-hmm. We've all been there. We've all talked about somebody. We've all had our insecurity moments. But because, again, we're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus, we need to meet them where they are. So don't let... Um, Caleb, you said it yesterday just about the division and, you know, how the spirit will want to come and divide your sisterhood. That, that's a tactic from the enemy. And we need each other. We need to be united. When one is weak, the other is strong. And like you said, it's just a link. You know, we, we, you, you got to have someone that's covering your front and that's covering your back. It's just, you know, it's the reality. So I think, you know, kudos and hats off to you for building a sisterhood in a place where people can feel that they are belonged regardless of who they are. Yeah, that's good. And I, you actually hit on something. Um, you know, don't let the enemy divide us. Yeah. I, I think I see something happening in our culture, and it's really tricky, and I know it's the enemy. But this idea of self-care. And, you know, I'm not going to be friends with her because I need to take care of myself. They are toxic. So I'm just not going to talk to her anymore. Mm. But sometimes I think God's calling us to take care of ourselves, yes, so that we can be with her. And so let's not get to the point where we're like, I am self-care, self-care. And you find yourself totally isolated um, from anything and everybody. Um, And it's really the enemy winning and taking ground in your life. When God's saying, no, forgive, have mercy, grace, and care for others. Self-care, I don't think, is a biblical thought. Um, we're called to serve everybody. Jesus's mission was to serve. So um, let's be careful with self-care. That's very good. So how do you (laughs) self-care? Well, 
I used to watch a lot of Lifetime movies. My mom would tell me I shouldn't watch them. <laughs> that is definitely a confession. I like Lifetime movies and Hallmark movies. See? Exactly. It's like an easy, relaxed, chill, but I definitely sometimes might want to sleep with the light on. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, since the season in my life, and I've never done this before, I've scheduled rest. I've literally scheduled rest. Um, There's so much power. There's so much power in rest. There's so much power in really resting in him. Because when you're resting in him, you are relinquishing the control of things that you think that you need to control mentally in your mind. So the way that I self-care is rest because I used to have a control problem. I'm still working on it, but I understand the power. Be quiet. (laughs) I'm working on it. (laughs) But, you know, understanding the power of rest and we have to you know, because we are called to the fields, whatever that field may look like. It could be at Starbucks. It could be at being in the best barista. We need to be filled up. You know, we need to be filled up and we need to be our best self um, for that. So the way that I self-care, which I hate that word. I actually really don't like it. Um, Schedule rest. At least twice a week I'll schedule rest and just fill myself up, you know, Worship, it sounds so kind of mundane and normal, but man, when my cup is filled with worship, I I feel like I'm a different person. And when I, you know, even earlier, my mom, when we were driving here, I was like, I need to be in the back seat and I need to put my headphones on because I need to worship. That's how I fill my cup up. So those two things. Yeah. I mean, a lifetime movie once a week. (laughs) But scripture does say protect your ear gates and eye gates. So, Hallmark, I'm going to work there. Yeah, Yeah. I know. (laughs) Well, Natalie, I want you to know that before the show came about, um, before we were saying, now with Natalie, um, we have seen you walk, um, even in the few women's ministry stuff that I've been to with you. I've seen you walk faithfully, searching for his purpose for your life. And all that while... You are ministering. So I want to mm. remind you, and I, we, know we to, I know we talked about it earlier, but I also want the ladies to know here in the room that before she had the platform that she has right now, um, she spoke a word over our church. I didn't know about this until yesterday. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. And so I want you to know that even before her platform, before she was given this particular platform, we all have platforms no matter how big or small, Okay. Let's just put that out there. Um, she said to me after a worship session at a women's conference in, at Bethel, she said, I, I had a word for you, and I didn't share it with you until now we're here. I'm going to have to share it with you, and you shared it with me. And she said, I felt like I saw a rush of gold coming towards you. And I was like, oh, cool. Bank account's getting full. You know, just kidding. Well, that wasn't it. Um, but what was significant about that was it was about four or five years ago. And um, we actually just purchased a building for our church, and it is in Old Sacramento. Now, what's significant about the rush of gold to me was that Sacramento began in Old Sacramento because of the rush of gold. And so let me tell you this right now. Mm. When we minister 
in the anonymous years, there's something powerful. You're building something huge, um, and you're building character. You're building others, other people up. And yeah. so I just want to thank you for that. Yeah. And I felt like it was significant that you came back this year, mm. right before we're moving into our building wow. in the fall. Come on, somebody raise wow. a roof. Glory to the Father. So what you, your example was to serve and minister mm. in the anonymous years. Yeah, that's good. You know? And that's what has made your platform yeah. that much more powerful. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think we have to remember that uh, our head pastor, Brian Houston of Hillsong, he always says, use what's in your hand to get to what's in your heart. And you have to be faithful over the little in order to get more. If you can't master less, how will he give you more? And I think for me, again, I think in those seasons, you're right, I didn't know what I was building, but I knew that I just had to be faithful. I knew I had to be obedient. And T.D. Jakes always says, even if it's not the thing, it's the thing leading to the thing. So you're always in purpose. You always need what you gained from the season prior. So my biggest, you know, encouragement to all of you is don't abort the process. If you don't like where you are, make sure you finish the assignment. Make sure you finish what you need to get in that season in order to sustain where God is taking you. Because if you abort it, you won't be prepared for where he's taking you. So I think, and I appreciate you encouraging me with that because, yeah, I think when you give someone a word, you... I definitely didn't want to give you that word. That's why I had to come back. I was like, oh, God, I have to give it to you. But it helps strengthen my prophetic word. It helps strengthen, you know, those things. So, again, be faithful over the little. Be faithful because he will. It's his scripture. He, it, it is his word. He will fulfill his promises over your life. Just walk it out. Walk it out now. Walk it out. Okay, come on. <laughs> We're going to close up our time with her, and I just want to bless you. Um, thank you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for sharing your heart. Um, I pray that what is in your heart would be like sprinkled across this whole room that we might carry the influence that God has given us with um, character and integrity. Amen. And so let's bless her. Why don't you raise a hand to her? I just want to pray over her right now. God, we just love you so much, and we thank you for Natalie, and we thank you for what you've entrusted her with. Lord, I pray that you would continue to allow her to walk in such power and authority, like the max amounts, the fullest that she can have in in you. And I pray, God, that you would continue to open doors for her for your glory. I pray that we would hear many stories of how people, creatives, actors, actresses, musicians, and, and what the world would call celebrities, but they are to you like children that are needing to be found. God, I pray that we would hear stories upon stories about how they came to know you because of the ripple effect of what Natalie is doing and who she's talking to. So we, we pray for favor over her and her husband. We pray for just um, greater influence and, and, and just right timing. I feel like you're waiting for the right timing for some things, and we're going to trust God for that. So I pray that you would allow her to just sit in peace, God, and rest like she's pursuing, um, and that you would show her in this next week, God, the timing that you have for that assignment. Um, So I pray that you would just reveal yourself to her in this coming time, that you would fill her up through the sisterhood even here, fill her up to overflowing, that she might be empowered to do all that she's been called to do. We love you, God, and we, we thank you for her in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give it up for Natalie one more time.
Awesome. Oh, gosh. So, so good. Make sure that you check out Natalie, now with Natalie at Hillsong, um, uh, hillsongtv.com. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Project Sisterhood. If you want to find out more about how you can get involved with Project Sisterhood, follow us on Instagram at Project Sisterhood or join our Facebook group under Project Sisterhood SAC.